Blog Talk Radio. Yes, yes, y'all. You are now listening to the sound of the shofar blowing. The shofar is a ram's horn that is blown to inspire the people to do their thing. And the shofar is blown to coordinate a queen or a king. And today the shofar is being blown to call us to be more alive. This is Faux Show Holistic Health on Blog Talk Radio. And I'm your host, Shofar, from Faux Show Energy Work. And today my guest is Dr. Sita Narsai. Uh, Dr. Sita is a doctor of Ayurvedic medicine. Uh, she's a you know, trained kundalini yoga instructor. Uh, she's a doula. She's a certified massage therapist. And she's also the creator of Herbal Tonic. And she's also our next guest on Faux Show Holistic Health. So let's go ahead and bring her on. Dr. Sita, how are you today? Hi there, Shafar. I'm great. How are you doing? Doing very well. Doing very well. You know, transitioning with this uh, San Diego unspring-like weather right now, we're getting a lot of gray days, a lot of rain, but it's actually good for us. How is, how is things up there where you're at? It's same. It's the same, but I love gloomy days sometimes. It's a nice juxtaposition to perpetual sunshine in Los Angeles. I love it. Juxtaposition. That's the word of the day, people. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. But no, yeah, it's a different transition. I know I've I've driven like uh, all the way up to Malibu and Riverside and everywhere. The mountains are green and everything, so I'm loving it. You know, it's perfect. You know, I'll trade in like one uh, rain day every, you know, two weeks or so, so we can keep the green going. I would love it. I agree with you. Very cool. And speaking of green, you know, this is the time of, you know, the liver and detoxing and things like that. So. I always tell the family out there, I'm going to provide the links and some time at the end of the podcast for you to tell people about your products and more about uh, how they can, you know, follow you and get more information. But I always like to just, since we only have 30 minutes, I always like to dive in. And so since we're, uh, Dr. Cedar, we're in the time of the spring and detoxing and these things, that may be some new concepts for people. So first off, can you tell us what is Ayurveda and also can you explain the doshas? Ayurveda is a 5,000-year-old system of healing, and it dates back to ancient India. It's the sister science to yoga. Ayu means life. Veda means wisdom. So Ayurveda is the wisdom of life or living in harmony with nature. And this is like the – I mean, every season is a season for Ayurveda. Every moment is a season for Ayurveda, but – Springtime is a season specifically for detoxifying the body. Mm. Got it. So right now is definitely the time to, to detox the body. And I know I've seen on your, uh, your IG post and everything, you link that a lot to the liver. Uh, I know that's also, you know, my background is traditional Chinese medicine, and they do that as well. So can you tell us a little bit about the liver and its connection to detox and in the spring? The liver is one of the most important organs of our body. It filtrates the blood. It removes toxicities, not just physical toxicities that we take in, like let's just say you're drinking alcohol or eating processed foods. 
it's not just the toxins of everything we breathe in, like the smog, especially if you live in a major metropolitan city. It's also toxic emotions and toxic relationships and even toxic thought patterns or self-limiting beliefs that we've carried through our life. So especially in spring when the body and mind and spirit are primed to release and let go, we want to support the body through the foods we eat. There's foods like cilantro, celery, uh, the medical medium talks a lot about that, and parsley. I mean, nature has given us so many different types of vegetables and fruits. Cannabis um, is great for detoxifying the liver. CBD is great for detoxifying the liver. But there's also Mm. a large amount of herbs in Ayurveda that are very bitter, but they're amazing to detoxify the liver. And that's one of my best-selling formulations is, is a liver cleanse. And I recommend it every spring, but at the change of every season, because we... As modern humans, we don't have the same behaviors we used to have, or we don't have the healthiest behaviors anymore. Even if we think they're healthy, a lot of our food is loaded with pesticides and hormones, and even our drinking water today isn't pure anymore. And also, I think we're inundated by toxicity, whether it's in the form of news and our current political climate can be a little toxic. So we take that in, and the liver is the energetic seat of emotions like anger, frustration, guilt, shame um and there's a lot of guilt and shame around our sexuality you know i know your your forte is mm-hmm. sacred sexuality and i think we hold a lot of energy negative energies around that and for me i believe one organ that holds that is uh the liver the energetic seat of the liver and of course the sexual organs as well and the svabhisthana the energetic chakra um but i think i might be digressing <laughs> No, no, you, you, you're right on point. I, I, I love where you're going with that. And family, for those, you know, I mean, the, the gems that, that, she's, that she's dropping right there, that you're dropping right there, you can see this uh, perfect. Uh, and I think that's actually how the liver uh, is like the liver has all these different things, whether you're talking about on the physical level, like you were saying, the pollution. And for those of us up in L.A. and everything, you know, we, we might need to do uh, uh, one of the doctors see this uh, uh, liver cleanses like once every you know, uh, a couple of, you know, weeks or so. I mean, because it's, it's, sometimes it's that much snog and everything. Uh, but, you know, and then also, like, you're talking about on the emotional level. Like, all of these things, whether you want to get, we want to get esoteric with it or if we just want to say, uh, you know, when we have different emotions, it does different things to the endocrine system. So that's another way of saying the emotions affect the body if we don't want to talk about it in a very, you know, esoteric type of uh, sense or whatever. But I, I love where you're going with that. And, um can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the connection with nature as far as Ayurveda? Because I feel like as human beings in, in this century, in this time period, that when we've lost somehow that connection, and how does Ayurveda help us bring, bring us back to that? <laughs> Ayurveda is an awareness, and we are nature. We're extensions of nature. So this mm. kind of touches upon the question you asked before. Can you tell us a little bit about the doshas? Doshas are basically our biological blueprint, our unique manifestation. Nature, there's five elements in nature, and this five-element theory extends from yoga philosophy to Chinese medicine to Ayurveda. So it's ether, air, water, fire, and earth. And all five of these elements in different proportions, they create doshas. So the external nature, like the sun, the moon, 
the wind, that exists within us. And as we tap in and tune in to the subtle vibrations of nature outside of us, we tune into our cosmic intelligence. Like we become full, our full potential because we realize that the entire cosmos, everyone, everything is an extension of us. So it's not, we don't feel lonely anymore. We feel so connected. Mm. I think when we lose our connection to nature, we lose connection to spirit. We lose connection to ourselves. And this brings us to so many different types of addictions. Like we will start seeking outside of ourselves um, to find that harmony, to find that connection, whether it's a toxic relationship or too much like TV or addiction to food or really just looking outside of yourself for maybe material objects like that fancy car or whatever it is. Connecting back to nature connects us back to our truth and our essence and our power and our vitality. And that is what Ayurveda ultimately, the goal of Ayurveda is our self-realization or enlightenment. Like the actual goal of Ayurveda is enlightenment. And that's so beautiful because it's a, it's a health science, but Ayurveda recognizes that we are a continuum of the mind, body, spirit. And if one of them is disconnected, then we're not going to be in harmony. And one of the ways that we get into harmony is to realize that we are interconnected, interdependent with nature. We are symbiotic with like nature and uh, we're like symbiotic creatures, you know, we are nature. So the more we understand how nature functions, the more we tune in to nature, like the Native Americans talk about it. All spiritual traditions have talked about it. Uh, Every culture of every continent from Africa to South America, doing ayahuasca, peyote. And the ultimate goal is to come back to our true essence, which is we are nature and we're the extension of nature, which is infinite. I love it. Wow. Wow. I love it. Yeah, no, no question. I, I feel you. And I think what you said there uh, is something we definitely to really soak in and really feel that in our bodies, family, because uh, a lot of times we speak of nature like there's something out there. Like I got to drive, you know, 50 miles to go see nature. And what Dr. Sita is reminding us of and what Ayurveda reminds of us is that, no, we are nature. And, all we need to do is connect with the elements in us, the fire, the earth, the air, the, you know, these different things in us, you know, the things that we put in our mouth, the thoughts that we have. Are they natural or are they unnatural? Are they artificial or, are they, you know, are they in alignment with, uh, with nature? But we, we don't got to go anywhere. Nature is us. So I love what you're saying there. That's a beautiful, very powerful, empowering thing to be brought back to. Um, and so with that, you know, the, if we don't have that awareness, uh, if we don't have that awareness of nature, then uh, we are nature and everything. It can meet different sicknesses. So this, for for some of the, the family out there that are tuning in, this is all new. And so what if someone comes to an Ayurvedic um, practitioner such as yourself, what is what is the process? What how do you help with the healing process, or what is the diagnosis? Can you can you take us a little bit through those steps? Absolutely. I I love what you just said. It's true. Nature is us and we are nature and connecting to self through meditation, through self-awareness is Mm. one of the easiest things we can do for healing our body. So I start with that. I start with awareness Mm. and helping people understand that by building awareness, 
of Ayurveda, of yourself, you gain a deeper lens. It's almost like you become an eagle, a hawk, and ultimately you get like this big perspective that you didn't have before because you were just living low on the ground, which is a beautiful thing, right? We need both. Having the framework of Ayurveda, understanding how nature functions. Um, so basically breaking down the fundamental concept of Ayurveda, which is the five elements that I just explained to you. Mm-hmm. And let me explain mm-hmm. just one little thing, because in my sessions last two hours, the first session, so let's just talk about wind, for example. Wind is mm-hmm. the element that is related to, or it's the dosha or the energy that is related to vata. Vata mm-hmm. is composed of ether and air. And wind, if we look in nature, like that's the easiest thing about Ayurveda, just look into nature. Wind is, the function of wind is movement. Wind is always moving, right? And we need wind to move because if there was no wind, how would the clouds, the rain clouds move from, you know, the ocean to the mainland to give water to our soil, to allow vegetation to flourish, right? We're talking about a rainy day today in Los Angeles or in Southern California. Those wind clouds brought the, the rain in, Right. And wind in our body, the function of wind is movement. So it's the movement of our thoughts. It's the movement of our body. It's the movement of whatever you put into your mouth all the way down when it descends, all the way out through your colon, you know. So it governs peristalsis, digestion, and elimination, which is, again, detoxification, but just not that. It's assimilation. Wind helps to govern the food that you take in, and moving it to your cells to nourish you in the same way that wind outside moves the wind, uh, the rain clouds to nourish the soil. So we start with mm-hmm. concepts like that, and we I give you a better understanding of how you can understand nature outside of you. Therefore, you can gain a better awareness and understanding of how nature functions inside of you. When you have too much wind in your body, it could cause things like, uh, you know, OCD thoughts, for example, you keep thinking over and over and over and over again of the same things. And some of those thoughts can be self-limiting beliefs or fear. Um, too much wind in the body could also lead to, lead to dryness and constipation. So there's, actual, there's an actual system in Ayurveda, and I explained those, like that basic framework to you in the first session. That's just a little example mm. <laughs> of what we did. Powerful! Wow, wow, wow! And I like love you breaking down that that one element like that as far as uh, with the vata. So, you know, and it's uh, to recap that it's like, you know, the wind it brings you to it has the movement element to it, and it, it takes us to a new place, or is that that element that takes us to a, a new perspective, um, uh, circulation and stimulation and, and these things. Uh, so, could you do a similar breakdown for the up the other doshas? Absolutely. Uh, so we have pitta dosha. Pitta is a combination of water and fire. And you might think, like, how does water and fire coexist, right? Our blood. Right, always, think about our blood. Like, <laughs> right. We always say that, you know, water and fire don't mix. So that's very interesting. I, I love to hear that. Okay. And, and they do mix in balance. And that representation is our blood, our digestive enzymes. And without digestive enzymes, we wouldn't be able to break down and process the food that we eat. 
the mm-hmm. main function of pitta is transformation. Not only transformation of the foods you take in. Let's just say you eat, you know, a bowl of beans and rice. You know, it's the perfect mm-hmm. protein. You're going to break that down into amino acids, and those amino acids are going to build healthy muscle tissue. So if it wasn't for those digestive enzymes, which is literally like, it's like fire water, you know. Um, you know, we, mm-hmm. we refer to even alcohol as fire water. And in small amounts, uh, a glass of wine and alcohol actually stimulates uh, digestion. So there's a similarity um, between that, between those. So let's just talk a little bit more about why we need to have a balanced state of pitta because too much pitta can cause excess transformation like stomach Mm. ulcers, right? There's the stomach acid is creating too much and it's going to burn a hole through your stomach. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you don't have enough stomach acid, then you're not going to break down food at all. So you're just going to have indigestion. So this is the energy of pitta, and we need it not only to transform food, but also our thought processes and our life experiences. If we're unable to digest and process what we just experienced, we're not going to learn and we're not going to gain wisdom. Like the whole purpose of life is to evolve spiritually and, gain, and, and become more wise beings. So the energy of pitta helps to transform our experiences into wisdom. Okay. Let's use our, uh, our, uh, our pizza digestive enzymes to break that down for a second and assimilate that into our wisdom body. That's dope. Okay, I, I, I feel that. It's, it's not only the physical element of, uh, you know, the trans, you know, TNT, uh, you know, transporting and transforming uh, the, these different things that we eat, but it's also on the emotional level being able to stomach, if you will, the things and, 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 uh, that, that we're exposed to in life. Uh, that's, that's powerful. And we have one absolutely. more element, right, or one more constitution. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I just want to touch a little bit more on that because just think about mm-hmm. sometimes when you just had such a, like, uh, you had a breakup. Like, you almost want to vomit it out or if you've had such a bad experience, mm-hmm. you, you get sick and nauseous. It's because you can't process what just happened to you. And it's only once you sit in silence and you meditate and you gain awareness again of your nature that you have an ability to process and digest and assimilate whatever happened to you and then you gained wisdom from it. So it, go, it goes deep and it goes forever. Like Ayurveda is a wisdom that I will be a student of for the rest of my life. And, wow. and the next dosha, and the next dosha is kapha. Kapha is kapha. earth. Kapha, mm-hmm. kapha. Kapha. Kapha is earth and water. Kapha is earth mm-hmm. and water. And earth and water is, just think about earth and water. It's like soil. Think about like these big redwood trees and how they grow so strong and so tall. They dig their roots deep into the earth, and that's what gives stability and structure. So that's the function mm-hmm. of kapha. Just like earth and water in nature, earth mm-hmm. and water in our body and mind gives us structure and stability. Without structure and stability, we can live an ungrounded life, feel all over the place. We could have anxiety. Anxiety is a function of excess vata as well, and vata, remember, is air and ether up in the air. Mm-hmm. Kapha, mm-hmm. enough kapha is what grounds you. It, it allows you to build a strong, healthy body. It allows for just a strong structure and and life vitality. Too much kapha, on the other hand, is something that I think a lot of Americans we deal with today because we live a sedentary lifestyle, many Americans do. We eat a lot of 
food. Um, a lot of times it's unprocessed. And then we have too much kapha and ama in the body. Ama is toxic. Uh, is basically a toxic byproduct. So when you have too much kapha, it can lead to obesity, <clears throat> lethargy, just feelings of mentally being stuck, depression, heaviness. So that energy is too much in our body. Too little of it can lead to the opposite, like anxiety, uh, ungroundedness. So it's the opposite. So we need a balance of all of all three of these doshas. They're our friends. We get to learn these doshas. We understand how they function inside of us. These doshas are basically like bioenergies that exist within us, but they're also mm-hmm. constitutions. So you understand which one of these doshas Vata, Pitta, or Kapha are more dominant in your life, and then you understand what lifestyles you can take in your life to just become more in harmony, what foods you should eat, what herbs you should take, um, how much you should have sex, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. what your sleeping pattern should be like, what your exercise pattern should be like, how much water intake you need to take. So one man's poison is another man's you know, nectar. And we have to realize we're not all made the same. We have to eat according to our dosha. We have to eat according to our mind-body type. And when we do that, we reach optimal states of beingness. And those are the three doshas for you. I love it. And, you know, I think with that last part where you're hitting on there, again, it brings us back to aware. And for a lot of us, we are very used to, like, if someone puts on that, well, you know, I know you're a doctor, so if someone puts on that white lab coat jacket or whatever and they're in a place of authority and we listen to them, it can even just be on a commercial and they could be an actor. You know, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV type of stuff, thing. And uh, it puts us in a receptive mode where we actually will take in the information from this person. But the thing is, is like it might not be in tune with us. You know, it's just some commercial that's blasted out to hopefully a million people and out of that million people, a certain percentage will do it and blah, blah, blah. But each one of us got to run it through our own digestive system, if you will, and see if it's wisdom for us. And that's something that I feel like as human beings, we have lost that ability uh, to actually tune into ourselves. So, uh, you know, in these fat, these pop-up fat diets and everything, uh, can you speak a little bit on that a little bit? Uh, you've already done it, but go a little bit deeper into uh, being able to, to navigate, you know, our own our own wisdom in the midst of all being inundated by so many different fad diets and we should do this and that, you know. Absolutely. Uh, Ayurveda is not a fad. Ayurveda is an eternal wisdom that's ever-evolving. And it's a law of nature, so it, it's not a fad. It tunes into your – it helps you tune into your own wisdom, Ultimately, we are our best healers, and this is what I try to tell every client, uh, my family members, that if we tune into our own bodies, and you have the tools, like, you know, it's difficult just to tune in and be like, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that. You need tools like meditation. You need some basic framework, and this is why you have to study some amounts of Ayurveda, and this is why I spent two hours in, in my first session with people, because when you have the basic fundamentals of Ayurveda, you can apply them to your life. And then you, it's a practice, just like playing any sport. You want to practice daily on a daily basis. And then you will start tuning in and understanding by trial and error. Like, is this working for me? Is this not working for me? I ate this today. I felt really calm, really grounded, really balanced. And and so so it's kind of like an experimentation. And 
And it's not like you're just mm. experimenting like, you know, like you're a guinea pig or something. Because <laughs> I like to say, like, Ayurveda is time-tested. You know, there's a billion people in mm. India. If it didn't work, we wouldn't be here today, you know. And mm. our country mm. is, is thriving. India, Mother India is thriving. And mm. it's because Ayurveda is firmly woven into the fabric of the people of India and not just the people, but the language. And I think we all had wisdom of Ayurveda with our indigenous roots, whether you're Native American or you hail from Mother Africa. We have Ayurvedic wisdom uh, with our ancestors, but because of the transportation and transplantation of people, some of this wisdom has been forgotten. And luckily, Ayurveda was preserved in India, and we are able to gain access to this system that basically helps you heal yourself. So doctors are amazing, Western doctors and Eastern doctors. But I also think we ourselves as our own healers, that's one of the most important things. Like you can take in information from me, uh, a Western doctor, whatever, but ultimately you want to tune in, meditate, spend time in silence. That's the best meditation. Uh, meditation I mean, that's the best medicine is meditation and silence. Um, and also fasting. I feel like those two things, if you do it, like that leads to the, the ultimate health and they're both free. Meditation and fasting, if you can do those two things, they tune you into your own cosmic healer. Because we have that inner voice within us, that uh, higher awareness, that higher self. That is our doctor. That is our healer. But most of the time we haven't developed that connection so deep enough that we do need to seek outside support and help and even though I'm a doctor I'm still a perpetual student I still seek help from others uh, because medicine comes in so many forms music is medicine poetry is medicine dance is medicine twerking is medicine like medicine comes in so <laughs> many different forms it is it opens up the svadhisthana chakra so if you have like a locked mm. up sex chakra it opens that up so everything in life is medicine and we can get healing medicine and, and learn it from others who are well-versed in that form of medicine. What you know about twerking that booty chakra? What? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I love mean, it. I it's love so it. important. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Wow. Um, you know, is amen to everything you just said there. Uh Family, go back, re-listen to it, soak it in. You know, uh, that, you, we, we're almost in our last five minutes here, so I want to get your vision of the future, like uh, in, integrative medicine, because you, you talked about how in Mother India and some other places, like these things are like woven into, you know, the, 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 the daily fabric of life. You know, so it's not like even you may you might go see your grandma. You might not go see uh, a doctor. You know, like some places in China, you you your 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 father might be doing qigong or whatever. So um, this is the thing. Uh, where do you see the balance point with Western and Eastern medicine? What's kind of your vision? Because I know you're 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 doing your thing. You're spreading the knowledge of Ayurveda. What would you like to see, or how do you feel we, we should get there? Love, I think we should just, I think one beautiful thing we have as Americans is we're a melting pot of so many different cultures. So mm. like literally just opening your heart and 
if it resonates with you, cool. Like, how amazing is it that we're able to just share with so many different cultures on this soil? So I think if we just come back and resonate at a love frequency, which I think Americans as a whole were lacking, but we have a beautiful gift right now that as we tune into love, we're going to, like, you know, naturally take in the beauty and the harmony and the healing of so many traditions, like, I have an opportunity to go to the Korean spa and eat kimchi. Kimchi is great for probiotics and digestion. Case Korean mm. spa is amazing for just detoxifying, you know. Um, it just we, are, we have access to so many different cultures, and I think we need to be open and loving and, and just embrace our fellow spiritual human beings and go back to the homeland and excavate and and cultivate whatever seeds that have been left by your family, whether it's your spiritual family or your physical family. And I think it's just about opening your heart and making like love medicine again, because when we align to love all the healing we need of all different faiths, they're just going to intertwine as they are in America uh, now. So I don't know if I answered your question, but I just, that's where I went is just to, to love, you know, and maybe Barb, as Barb Marley says is like, uh, plant medicines are the healing of nat- nations, and I think as um, last t- last thing I'll say is as I think as cannabis becomes legal and as we make cannabis more sacred again, I think we're gonna have more respect to m- more respect for all sacred plant medicines and therefore more respect for ourselves. I love it. I, I think you answered the question very aptly. I usually ask people to leave us with one last little nugget or something, but I think that very succinctly does it right there. Um, just love, you know, and I, I love what you said about the plant medicine or for me, the you know, sacred sensuality, all of these different, you know, access points. Um, but remembering the sacredness of life itself, I think it comes back to that, and, and that's love. It's once we recognize the sacredness of life, it, it always leads us back to love, you know, so I think you, you, you hit it right on the head. I, I, uh, and I'm so thankful that my sister, shout out to my sister Heather, um, I have four younger sisters, and my sister Heather was the one who brought brought Dr. Cedar into my, uh, to the, to my life here, you know, as far as the wisdom that you have. So um, I want to leave uh, time uh, for you to tell people how they can check you out and get more information or get a session with you. Uh, so let them know what you got going on. Thank you, Shafar. And thank you, Heather. really appreciate you for connecting us. So you could just go to drsita.com. Everything is there. And connect with me on Instagram at sitalove. Uh and uh, we can just connect from there. See the love, right? Like, it's there. Love is the ultimate medicine. Truly, it is, because that's the ultimate form of healing, self-love and love for humanity. Hey, no doubt. Well, Dr. Sita, I appreciate you again. Uh, it's been an honor. I uh, thank you for taking your time and uh, for spreading the love. Thank you, too, and much blessings to you and everyone listening. All right, no doubt. And again, family, we love you all too, spreading much love and everything to you all. Uh, again, this is Full Show Holistic Health on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Joe Farr, from Full Show Energy Work. Y'all keep shining, keep climbing. Peace. <laughs>